You are listening to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This podcast is hosted by retired corrections officer, Mark DeWolf, who will discuss various topics prevalent to corrections, gay culture, arts and entertainment, as well as current events. Listeners need to be advised that this podcast will discuss situations involving extreme violence, substance abuse, sexual assault, and murder. Details of actual events have been modified so as to protect the privacy of involved parties. Welcome back to the Gay Florida Man podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure you follow us on social media. The Gay Florida Man podcast has its own Facebook page. We have our own Instagram page. And of course, we have our own Twitter page. You can just search it by looking up Gay Florida Man podcast on each one of those social media platforms. And it's really important to check it out because on those different sites, you can see different links, videos, and pictures associated with a lot of the content that we talk about on the podcast. Interesting stuff and a lot of fun. Today, I got to ask you about being naked. Now, most people are totally fine being naked in their bathroom or maybe in front of their doctor, maybe even in their house. But do you think you could ever go to a nude beach? What about a nude resort? Would it be okay if everybody else is naked so you wouldn't be thinking about yourself? For the gay Florida man, the word naked makes me break out in sweats, and that's no shit. But for others, it's about accepting yourself, achieving freedom from insecurity, and the destructive portrayal of beauty as portrayed by the media. This is episode 21. And joining me is Nick Vanello from Go Naked Magazine. Hey. Welcome, Nick. Hey there, Mark. How's it going? It's going very well. It's going very well. How are you? Awesome. Thank you for having me. This is a kick. This is awesome. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know anything about the nudist community. I didn't know anything about uh, Go Naked Magazine. It's a digital magazine. Correct. And our mutual friend, Chris. Uh -huh. have re referred me to you and said that you're a hoot, you're a wonderful guy. So I started watching some videos <laughs> and doing some research. And I said, man, this guy is really charismatic. You're an amazing public speaker. Thank you. Uh, I, you know, I only have two skills, two salient skills, public speaking and getting men out of their clothes. And I have built, <laughs> I have built my entire adult career since the get-go around those two skills they've either involved one or the other or in this case both so it's <laughs> it's awesome well you're doing it right you're doing it right that's Thank fantastic you. so okay who is nick vanello so i'm in cleveland ohio born and raised here but since the time i was 19 i have traveled for work i absolutely adore traveling initially i started going around the country uh, teaching anatomy physiology workshops and choreography workshops for fitness trainers. That's wow. Many, many pounds ago. <laughs> but I, I did that for like 13 years. And then after that, I was company manager for the National Tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. Then I went on gigs where I was working for BP and I was traveling all over. And I've always freaking loved to travel. And wherever I went, I would seek out places that had natural 
hot springs where I could go naked. I would look for places that I could stay that had hot tubs. So back before Airbnbs, there were places where you could exchange information and find houses that would let you stay with them. And I'd look for places with hot tubs. So I always kind of built my adult travel around places where I could get naked, but not necessarily socially naked. That's kind of a brief background of me. Well, okay. So that interest has always been there. There's always been that curiosity and you've always had a connection with other people, other adults that like to go nude. Sure. My parents used to drag us out to this campground every year when I was a kid and I hate camping. To this day, I hate camping. I'm Uh, with you. The only thing that I liked is at midnight, me and a friend of mine who was a couple years older and a couple of old people who were probably at the time 24 and 25 uh (laughs) right i was like i was 15 and 16 so having this old couple with us was really you know something different (laughs) we would sneak down to the lake and we'd go skinny dipping and i was always the first one to get naked so they gave me the nickname of adam I, i was always the first to jump into the water to go swimming at midnight under the full moon. So I loved the way that it felt. I loved looking at the different bodies. It it was just so, so cool. And it wasn't until years later when I realized that the body that I was in was not a body that was celebrated in media. And that's where there were years and years of body shaming, not feeling good about the skin that I'm in. You know, we talked about that the other day when I talked to you on the phone for the first Mm -hmm. time, and we talk about being comfortable with who you are. And unfortunately, the media is very destructive to the perception of what's acceptable. Oh, absolutely. Any magazine that you open, 99, if not 100% of those images are Photoshopped. Men, women, Mm -hmm. everything. Children, they're all Photoshopped. So there's no way that you can live up to those standards. Right. Um, And of course, magazines publish to a certain audience and they want to push this ideal of what the perfect body looks like. And it's destructive. It will fuck. Can I say fuck? Absolutely. Fuck. Yes, you can. It it will fuck you up. And uh... it's sad. It's really sad. (laughs) Well, you know, and, and the thing is, is like if you look at how many different eating disorders come out from like teenage girls that look at these images and they want to be like this model. They want to be attractive. They want to be received by their male counterparts. And of course the boys, you know, they got to be muscular. They got to be fit because they want the girls or the boys, whatever the case may be. You get all these different eating disorders like anorexia, bulimia, et cetera. Absolutely. And now with the resurgence or the surgence of in the gay male community, the young boys going into, toward the femboy gamut, they're starving themselves to have this thin, lithe body. And it's all about celebrating youth. All ages are obsessed with being young. There's no way that we are going to ever get younger. We all get older. There's a timeline that we are fixed on in this world, and we're all going the opposite way of youth. I think that's a shame. And rather than regret the things that we didn't do when we were young, I think we should celebrate right here and now, look forward to the future and make that the best that it possibly can be. I'm so glad you said that because it is amazing. And I talk with friends all the time. I'm 50. I'm going to be 51 here in a few weeks. Fantastic. And yeah. And so it's fine. And I accept who I am. Of course, all of us look in the mirror and they, 
you know, there's it's it is sad. I think to a certain point, you, you have to embrace who you are and love who you are. And it and, takes a lot of work. I'll tell you, the mm-hmm. magazine was born out of one, my love of naked bodies, and two, it is my ongoing therapy for me to normalize real bodies because I'm uncomfortable with my body a good portion of the time. The magazine is actually my therapy project. See, that's great. How how long has the magazine been out now? How long have you been doing this? Since 2013. That was the first issue that came out. Okay, and you're up to uh, 60... 60, 64? We just just released the 67th issue, yep. Oh, that's fantastic. How did it come about? How did you get this idea of a digital magazine? Sure. So I was working in Charlotte at the time. Like I said, I was always traveling. I needed something creative to do in the evening because I was there for five nights a week. I tried crafts. I tried all kinds of stuff. I tried going to yoga classes and nothing really fed into that thing. I start a lot of businesses just because I'm curious about something. At the time, I had a real curiosity about digital publishing, which was really fresh. and Almost nobody was doing it at the time. And there was this group of bears in Charlotte, who got together weekly for coffee. I went and there was this stranger who came one week and his name was Richard Jones. And he is the publisher of Bear World magazine, which still exists to this day. I pulled Richard to the side and I said, I've wanted to start a magazine. Can you help me get mine off the ground? He's like, yeah, sure. So we went to dinner. Basically, his advice was just do it. Just do it. There was a couple of different topics that I wanted to do. And again, it wasn't as a business. I just wanted to learn the process of how to do it. He said, which of the two ideas would be more fun for you to do? And I was like, well, let's do a naked magazine. Um, (laughs) There used to be a magazine called Naked Magazine back in the 90s, but they only published maybe about 15 or 16 issues before they went tits up. And I was like, you know what? We're going to have our own magazine that is in that same spirit, but it's going to be Go Naked instead of just Naked Magazine. That's how Go Naked was born. Okay, and for people that have not heard of Go Naked Magazine, I'm going to rewrite off your Vimeo page. All right. Go Naked Magazine publishes a monthly digital magazine that focuses on vacation spots, artists, featured readers, health, cooking, and all aspects of nudist life. Magazines are PDFs, so they can be easily read online or enjoyed privately on your tablet or phone. We feature a member map where we can find other nudists and regular Zoom meeting calls. You can purchase magazines individually or subscribe for additional benefits. That's really cool, the whole member map. I didn't know that until I just read this. So you can find other people that have that similar interest of nudity. Absolutely. I've got a map that... So I've got about 14,000 people on the mail list. On this particular map, there's probably about 1,200 guys around the globe who have decided that they were comfortable enough to put their pin on this map with some contact information and maybe a picture they find each other in the most (laughs) in the most weird remote corners you know somebody wrote and said hey i found that there's this guy two miles away from me i have been living in the middle of cow town for my entire life (laughs) and there's this dude who's two miles from me that's awesome i love connecting people and that's what this magazine does it lets you know that you're not alone that there's other people like you And I want to connect my readers to the people and services that support our community. So let me ask you this. I think that there's always this perception with like nudist beach, nudist colonies. And I already know the answer to this, I believe. But there's this perception by the general public 
that that it's completely sexual. Oh God, if only. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It and, is uh, so. The number one question you always get is, "What if I get hard at the exactly?" It doesn't happen. It doesn't. I've met one person who has these magic powers and can be erect just by thinking about it. But for the rest of us, the chances of just getting erect in a public place or at a home is probably almost nil. Why is that? I mean, why is, I mean, okay, let's say that I'm at an event, a Uh nudist event, and I see a guy that, fuck, is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. What's going to stop me from doing what's natural and showing a reaction? Uh, you mean by getting erect yourself? Yeah. Mark, you just said you're going to be 51 next week. <laughs> Nick, be nice. I don't, wanna, I, I don't want to be a bitch. <laughs> but you're not 20, honey. That's true. Okay. So for somebody that's 21, do you think there's that, well, that and, risk of showing a reaction when they and, see somebody that's hot? And there's the rub. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> he hopes. <laughs> People who are in their 20s are not comfortable with their bodies yet. Yes. That's why you see so many of us old fuckers. I'm going to be, I'm 58 (laughs) now. That's why you see the cast of Cocoon getting naked. (laughs) I love that movie. And and not, you know, high school musical or whatever it is once they get, you know, of legal age or whatever. That's why we tend to be a little bit older. You need to get to a point where you are accepting yourself, accepting others. It takes time. It takes age. It takes wisdom. You know, that's the way it is. Now, are there gatherings that afterward get sexual? Yeah, but that's a whole nother ball of wax. And, you know, there's rules around that and there's spoken and unspoken rules. You know, that's a whole different thing. So, Nick, going back to your job originally and your travels and finding these places Mm -hmm. with people with similar ideas about nudists, Mm -hmm. uh, nudity, at what point were you completely comfortable? It didn't matter who was there. You were totally fine dropping everything and being naked. To this day, I'm not. To this day, I'm not. Really? I'm the world's worst nudist. I am the world's worst nudist. If it is under 75, I'm normally a robe because I'm always cold. In so... (laughs) In social situations, my weight has gone up and down so much. I've never fell in love with my body. I love my brain. I love Mm -hmm. my brain. And I love all the pieces of my body. But when I look at my body compared to what the media tells me I should be loving, they're two very, very different things. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So one of the reasons I choose to get naked socially is because it is scary. It's scary for the first five, 10 minutes. If I can make myself do something scary for five minutes, I can do other scary things. I can push myself into places that make me uncomfortable and help me grow as a person. That's cool. And now that I know I've never been shamed being naked in public, I've been to many events. I've never seen anybody shamed from other people because of their bodies. And that's because everybody's got their own issues and they're more wrapped up about their own insecurities to even have time to give a fuck what you look about. So (laughs) let me ask you this, as far as the, the content of the go naked magazine, Mm -hmm. do you ever talk about the psychology of being nude, accepting yourself? Is this some of the content that's in this that people can look for? Absolutely. See, for me, Getting a group of people together naked is truly one of the most boring things that there is. Once your clothes are off, you're looking at each other, you're like, okay, now what do we do? Right. For me, the magazine is about being naked 
completely. And that includes articles on body issues and body acceptance. That is articles about travel. That is articles about our parents getting older and how we continue to be our authentic selves while we're taking care of them or a partner. We talk a lot about mental health. I personally started antidepressants and therapy earlier this year. And I was very public with my readers because there is such a stigma around that. I wanted to be naked with them to let them know, hey, this is what I've been through. If that helps you, I want you to have that courage to get help. And I had another six or seven people who said, hey, I also went to my doctor and we're going to start exploring my mental health. I fucking love that. That's uh, amazing. And That's great. We also get into some of the sexual aspects. My kink side, I love chastity. And every October is Locktober, where people try to lock <laughs> themselves up for 30 days in a chastity belt. Um, so <laughs> I celebrate all the my fellow kinksters who enjoy Locktober. We'll go everything from mental health to kink to physical health to financial health. I try to hit it all. And we just happen to be naked while we do it. Do you find enough content to produce a monthly magazine with the material that you're aiming for? And this is primarily for the gay male, correct? I mean, do you have female subscribers? I don't have any female subscribers. Uh, yeah. I, I do an annual. I do. Well, if they purchase, my guess is that I'm not going to know about it. Or if, yeah, I, if yeah. I do, it is what it is. But it is for men. I believe the last time we did a poll, it was 12% of our guys identified as bisexual. Okay. 3% identified as straight. And then everybody else was either gay or some flavor in between. Sure. Um, sure. We just say that we're for the male nudist. Do I have enough content each month? When we first started out, the magazine was about 75 pages. And for the last two years, the magazine has been consistently over 200 pages. Wow. 250, 280 pages sometimes. I'll be honest, a lot of that are photos that are sent in from our users. Each month, sometimes we have somebody who goes on vacation and they'll write an article about where they were and send in photos, or they're part of a nudist group. That group did something cool and they sent in an article and photos. And then each month I do a birthday calendar. So if your birthday is in that particular month, send in your photo along with your name, date of birth, and your email address. And our readers reach out and wish you a happy birthday. Oh, that's cool. And then there's also a monthly photo challenge where I come up with a crazy topic like, hey, the color this month is orange, or hey, be naked in a car, or you know anything like that. <laughs> and people will take those photos and send them in. So Almost half of the magazine is birthdays and photo challenges, but it's a lot of fun. I do love the way the fact, and, and again, researching this stuff and looking at your websites, that you do normalize the male human body. Mm -hmm. It's not like you said, photoshopped and make everybody look like a twink. Sure. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. To bring a different standard that should be the norm. Thank you. And it's great. And the, the guys all look very happy. They look like they're right. very it, at you, ease. You don't see a miserable nudist in our magazine. <laughs> That's no, it's great. I, I love it. I'm so glad that Chris got me in touch with, with uh, you. Thank you. I love Chris. Yeah, he, he's fantastic. I tried to get him to come on the podcast, but he doesn't feel like his story is going to offer anything to the podcast. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, right. I, right. we'll, work, we'll yeah, work on him. We'll Nick. work on him offline. <laughs> 
<laughs> so talk to me about your Vimeo in bed with Nick, because I got to tell you, that is addictive. You have so much authenticity. Well, you, you speak from the heart. Thank and you. you're so comfortable. My first question is this. Do you rehearse before no. you go and record? No, never. Really? Yeah. You don't. Oh, no. Man, I tell you, you should have gotten into acting. Because <laughs> I, seriously. Was, I was in theater for a number of years. No. Okay. I, I, I see. Okay. I don't rehearse. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this, what's going on, this initially started with a project I called the Church of Funko. Are you familiar with Funko Pops? Those little vinyl three-inch toys. And they make them of different superheroes and the golden girls and, and famous people. If you're not, look up Funko Pop. And Robbie gave me one of Freddie. So okay. I, I'm very aware. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So I was collecting Funkos. Let me backtrack a little bit. I was raised Catholic. And in the Catholic church, other than, you know, the big three, there's a whole bunch of saints. Okay. <laughs> and these saints are supposed to be the people that you pray to when you have special problems. And then they take that message up to Jesus or God or whoever, and they have a hotline or whatever, some kind of crazy network. Phone. The Funkos I collected, I collected them because of special qualities that they had. I collected Mr. Rogers because he was the epitome of kindness to me. I collected Mary Poppins because she told me that anything is possible. I collected Krampus, the uh, Christmas time character, yes. uh, the Golden Girls, and they all meant something to me. So these 10-minute speeches started out as, hey, this week at the Church of Funko, we're talking <laughs> about you know, Mr. Rogers. And I did that for about two years. And uh, then I was like, I got to fucking stop this because I've got too many goddamn uh, Funkos. <laughs> you know, half of my bedroom was vinyl. So I stopped that and I just went into these 10 minutes. They're not spiritual. They're not, I don't, I don't know if they're uplifting. I, they're just me, whatever thought came to my head that particular week. And I'll talk about it and I'll put on a timer and talk into the camera. Sometimes messages connect with people and that's always terrific. Well, I was able to watch two of them. Okay. And I know today I watched the one with Brandon and him uh, oversleeping. Okay. Not being able to go on the trip. Your motivational talk was to, you know, not get too frustrated. He was in his 20s. Yep. It's not the end of the world. You live and you learn and you move forward and you learn from your mistakes. And you were so authentic and so real. And I was like falling into this. You are a great speaker. It Thanks. was great. Thank you. I don't think of myself as a terrific speaker. I do like to communicate with others, so we'll see. You, you do it very, very well. How long have you been doing this uh, This in bed with Nick? Probably just a little over two years. Once okay. the Funko piece started, that faded, and now it's just you know five or ten minutes in bed with Nick. How many Funkos do you have? I have one at the moment. I got rid of them all. I <laughs> donated them to a center for uh, kids. I have one reader, Sean, if you're out there. Sean took a Funko Pop, stripped it down, and repainted it so it looked like him, including a very distinct dick tattoo that he has. And I have Sean's Funko Pop that he made especially for me. So, and Is that the one where the, the butt is not proportionate to him? 
Uh, so you're thinking of the video that uh, Brandon did, the bobblehead? <laughs> yeah, the bobblehead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, so, so that was all part of the Brandon one. Yeah, that was something different. Uh, there was a okay. company that was doing bobbleheads, and I ordered one for Brandon that looked nothing like him. It certainly <laughs> didn't look like his ass. So, because <laughs> I know is he kind of had a flat butt on the uh, the, the bobblehead bobble. had a flat butt. He does yeah. not have a flat ass. That was great. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed just and the whole time for people that are listening. The whole time, you know, you're just in bed casually, just talking to the camera. But mm -hmm. you would think that it was rehearsed, Nick, because you're so articulate. I'm like, God, I wonder how many days he worked on this <laughs> this motivational talk because you're so natural at it. Well, thank you. I get up and, you know, if it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and something is chewing at me or there's something that uh, I see something that sparks interest, I'll go into bed. I've got that lighting, this beautiful lighting early in the morning, and I'll just turn on the camera and go. God, man, you are a natural. It's great. Sweet. If Thank you. Anybody that um, would want to check that out, it's on Vimeo and it's the Go Naked magazine. If right. You just search for that in Vimeo. And just warning, there's, well, you could see my butt in those videos, but there's previous videos from other things. And I talk about the difference between a couple of sex machines and some other stuff. So there's some nudity, frontal nudity here and there. So. If you're at work, just be careful. <laughs> Not work friendly. Yes. Not safe for work, I guess. Not safe for most people's work. Right. Yeah, depending on where you work. If you're if you're Shishi LaRue, you'll probably be okay. Yes. I love that podcast. That episode. That was fantastic. <laughs> I tell you, Shishi was a lot of fun. So we've talked about the magazine. We've talked about the Vimeo. The Go Naked Travels, and you had already mentioned that you love to travel and seek yeah. out different people that are uh, into the nudist scene. Yep. But now you also have Go Naked Travels where you book trips with people. Correct. So Please tell us about that. Back in 2019, I decided that I was going to have my teeth fixed. Here in the United States, these luxury bones cost a lot to get mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. So I started researching and I ended up in Puerto Vallarta. I did a lot of research and I found this dentist that I absolutely loved. And it was my first time in Mexico that wasn't a border town, you know, like Tijuana. Yeah. And it was a very different experience. And I fell in love with the people and the culture and the food and everything. I was like, well, fuck, this is awesome. So a couple months later, I went down with another friend of mine. I said, I'm going to bring people here. I'm going to start bringing people here. That was January, February of 2020. I put up all of the spaces for sale beginning of March. And then we hit COVID. And oh. I was like, yay. But we brought guys to Puerto Vallarta that year in October. Wow. Yeah. So we were all very, very careful. And then last year I brought a couple of trips down and, you know, everybody had to be vaccinated. We have expanded since then. So this year I brought 75 guys to Key West. That's a big group. Yeah. You know, that's great. <laughs> I'm looking at the different uh, availability as far as trips coming up. Uh, looks like you go all over the place because I see Cleveland rocks. Yeah, so I live in Cleveland and I love this town. And I've been to so many places where people were my tour guide. So I wanted to bring people here and be their tour guide. And I have got an awesome long weekend set up for these gentlemen to show them the best of this town. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. And then there's a couple of trips to Puerto Vallarta. Looks like Christmas is sold out. Christmas is sold out. The week before is sold out. I've wow. got availability for Beef Dip, which is January, February of next year. We're going back to Key West, 
And then our two newest offerings I'm really excited about, we're booking a luxury Croatian nude cruise. And that was for 38 people. And we sold that out in six days. I see it sold out. Croatian Crazy. Nude yeah. Crazy, right? Then, as I said before, I fucking hate camping. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what it is with gay dudes wanting to go camping. Uh, you know, they're all like, let's go into the woods. It, it, it's popular. Yes. You yes, know, I, there's there are ticks. There are fleas. There are bear maulings. You know where you don't get that kind of stuff? At a hotel bar. <laughs> that's my type of camping right, right there <laughs> so as long as you don't go camping in florida you should be okay well this camp is not a camp <laughs> it's actually a 38 room mansion and the entire thing is game themed so one room is monopoly another room is twister another room is operation and then there are games <laughs> <laughs> and they're life size. I mean, it just takes wow. over the entire thing. And if yeah, if you get a chance to go into that trip, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I'm, as I'm looking, I'm, of course, I made the joke that you know, as long as it's not in Florida, and it's in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Well, yes, this one is in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, I know that politics can be sticky, but this particular place happens to be in Florida, so we decided to offset some of that by taking a portion of the earnings and sending them off to support our brothers and sisters. Oh, go cool. Very cool. Well, that sounds like it's going to be funny. Six nights of silliness. Yeah, and as you can see from the site, there's just, you know, there's a Monopoly room, there's a Pac-Man room, there's a Twister room that from floor to ceiling is just dots that you can play with. Uh, no, I just, I said, I, I love, uh, well, pitch my tent, book yes. my space. That's fantastic. Yeah. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Right. That's fantastic. That's great. Go Naked Camp 2023, Orlando, Florida, Sunday, the 22nd of October until the 28th of October. Yep. All the big bedrooms are gone. I've got a few bunks left for those who want to join us. Come Five on down. Five bunks left. Five yeah. bunks left. Yeah, there's only five bunks left. With everything that you've done, would you say that the traveling aspect of your job is your favorite part? You've always loved traveling, because you said in your previous career. I feel like the travel is a reward. The magazine is a lot of work, but it's so rewarding because you connect so many people. The magazine is also a bit of therapy as far as perfectionism complex, where everything has to be perfect. The magazine has to be done by the first of the month and it has to be released. And when it's done, I can't go back and fix it. Right. That is in the past. I have to move on to the next thing. So it has taught me to do my best, but don't fret those details. Just keep moving forward. Do you think that perfectionism is a common theme in gay men? Yes. I think not only... This is deep. Are you sure? <laughs> I, I, I only say that because I've been to therapy for perfectionism. Sure. So between our parents and mm -hmm. our teachers, because they see potential, mm -hmm. they see potential in us. And while I'm sure they're well-meaning by helping us find that full potential, especially at an early age, I don't think that we are equipped to handle that extra pressure. And then as we get older, we place that extra pressure on each other. Like when I have parties at the house, there's two ways that you clean the house. You either clean the house for when your straight friends come over or you do the gay cleaning 
where, you know, everything has got to be absolutely delightfully perfect. My friends boards have to be scrubbed. Right. My friends don't really (laughs) give a fuck about that, but that is a perfectionist thing I put on myself. And that's just silliness. I was raised Catholic, just like you, Nick. And I know that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's a double-edged sword, right? Right. The Gifts of Imperfection was a book that my therapist had me read years ago, because as we talked about the standards and the struggles of, you know, not being able to achieve uh, perfection. And then you talk about body image and how those tie in. Right. And of course, for a gay man, the perfect body is like your average gay porno film. Right. And, you know, they're 24 with a six pack and flat abs and the cum gutters and a gorgeous ass. (laughs) And, you know, let's face it. If you're brought up with those images of perfection and then you're fed them from the media the rest of your life, sure, you're going to look in the mirror, be disappointed in absolutely everything that you see. And that's a shame. That's a shame. And there are guys out there who spend a lot of time at the gym. As long as they're doing it for their own satisfaction and not to be accepted by others, I say rock on, brother. Knock yourself out. Well, you know, it's also, it's not even just the gym, though, because you get this obsession with like plastic surgery, filler, Botox, and everything else to try to keep that youthful image. Right. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't have that, but if you're Mm -hmm. doing it to constantly chase a level of perfection, I think you need to take a look at that. Everybody wants to look good. Most people want to look good. Okay. But to constantly chase that level of perfection, I would rather you spend that time and money working on yourself and coming to the terms with the fact that, yeah, you know, your belly is a little round. Yeah. You've got crow's feet coming in. And you know what? If you accept it, you'll be a lot better off. To me, the sexiest thing that somebody has is confidence. And if you walk into a room, I don't care if you've got a belly. I don't care if you've got scars. I don't care if your back is filled with hair. If you walk into that room with confidence, you are one sexy motherfucker. I totally agree. I still struggle with body image myself really bad. And I think that it's like 40 years old, I was working with a personal trainer. I was in the greatest shape I'd ever been in my life. And I was mostly vegan diet. Mm -hmm. And then relationships and alcohol and what have you, retiring from the state prison. You know, I fell off that wagon for a while of staying committed to being perfect. But at the same time, it's like you're still getting older and like you had said, crow's feet and age and your hairline. My friend Lance loves to tease me about my hairline and how it's slowly creeping backwards. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, if the industry had worked on us to be more accepting of our aging bodies rather than having us filled with fear about getting crow's feet or how to deal with friends and family who are getting older and dying we'd be a lot emotionally better off but instead we're dumping millions of dollars into an industry that doesn't really care about us no but fills us with the fear of our own mortality that's absolutely true let me ask you this it seems like you've had a lot of great accomplishment between the magazine the travel your vimeo what's the future for nick for go naked so what would you like to do? What would you like to see? Whenever I go into an interview and they're like, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing five minutes from now. <laughs> so ideally, so before this, before, well, while Go Naked was going on, I had a kilt company. I owned a kilt company, uh, Kilted Bros. 
we had that for about six years. It was me and my best friend, Jefferson. And that's how I met Chris, by the way. We, so let me just ask what that is. What is Kilted Bros? We made men's kilts. Okay. And we traveled the country. Unlike any other kilt company, we didn't give a fuck about your heritage. We just wanted to get you out of your pants into kilts. Kilts are pretty hot. It, it was a lot of fun. We had a ball, literally. Jefferson is my best straight friend. And he lived here for a number of years. And we started this business and we would travel around. And two years ago, he found this wonderful woman and he got married and he moved out. The fucker. <laughs> and I love him and I miss him. He's only two miles up the street. But I, you know, it's not like I don't see him every day. One of the things I would love to do is fold him into the travel business so that either I or he can go out on the road or out on travels every single month, take people to these amazing bucket list places that they've always wanted to see and just happen to do it naked. Jefferson would be a terrific partner. So I'm slowly working on him. We're just kind of waiting for his old dog to, you know, finally cross the rainbow bridge. So I see. Okay. Do you think the travel's your favorite part personally of everything that you've accomplished and what you've got going the magazine, the videos, the travel. Is the travel your favorite thing? Is that where your heart is? Mm -hmm. It's all a part of the whole. I do love the travel piece. You know, I have a full-time job on top of this. <laughs> so, Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. So you work a full-time job and you still put together a 200-page magazine uh -huh. every month? Yeah. that That's that Catholic mania again. When do you sleep? I, I'm working with a coach on that right now. I get, <laughs> I get about five and a half to six hours of sleep a night. And then I take a nap every afternoon. Um, and you're okay with that? I mean, that still gets you through the day. I have, to be honest, I have always had that sleep pattern since I was in high school. My brain craves being creative and connecting people and connecting dots and recognizing patterns and stuff like that. Travel is a part of the magazine, which is a part of the, the Vimeos, which is a part of everything else. It's all part of it. Now, I will admit there is a huge rush to getting on a plane to go someplace to meet a whole bunch of people that you've talked to on Zooms every Friday or you've, you've been hearing from for years and sending emails to each other. That's a rush. Going to Key West and seeing you know, 75 people that you feel that you know intimately just from being on Zooms, uh, you know, our Friday morning coffee talks or whatever, and, and meeting them in the flesh, that's a huge rush. The coffee talk, I'm glad that you brought that up because I almost had forgotten it. Tell me more about that. You do a Zoom meeting on Fridays, uh huh, and it's called Coffee Talk. Uh -huh. and, uh, how does somebody find out about that? So if you head over to gonakedmagazine.com, you can mm -hmm. jump on the mail list, which I recommend everybody who's listening, please do that. Because then I send three emails a week that let you know everything that's happening with Go Naked, upcoming trips, naked news, and a whole bunch of silliness. But every Friday we get together at 9 a.m. Eastern, and there's a group of us, there's no fewer than 80 guys that jump on. We come up with the topic each week, we kind of hash it out, and we celebrate each other, and we support each other. We had one guy who just went through throat cancer and we followed him through that entire journey. And thank goodness he's, oh. he's with us and recovering. We had another gentleman in France who was also going through cancer and it's back and everybody's pulling for him. 
And then we, we mourn our readers who pass away and we sure. celebrate uh, their family triumphs and their personal triumphs. It's a big family. It's really kind of cool. And uh, it's all wrapped up in this, this one hour every week of getting together and uh, chatting. That's cool. That's cool. Okay, so I, I want to tell you, I have this friend of mine, Chris. Him and I have been, um, we've hooked up. We're pretty close. He's a wonderful guy. He's in Texas. He mm -hmm. loves the naked beach thing and the naked get-togethers and stuff. He's done it. Uh-huh. And he has said to me that we've got to go. Okay. He wants me to go with him if he comes and visits Florida. Okay. And for me, I'm terrified. Sure. You said that you're the world's worst news. Help me, Nick. Give me the motivation I need, the comfort level I need to disrobe and not go into a panic attack. So first thing you should know is that there's a lot of couples out there. One is a nudist and one is not. My partner, he doesn't see the, the purpose of getting naked socially. Like if he's going swimming, that's one thing. But to go to a movie night or just hang out naked for cocktails, it's not his thing. And we call that a mixed marriage. So in <laughs> that's great. So in our mixed marriage, there's one who's a nudist and one who's not. Okay. Now, as far as making yourself more comfortable, it sucks. The first five minutes, you're going to be fucking terrified. But once you get past that five-minute point, you realize that the fear that you had is just in your head. And there's nobody there that's looking you up and down and evaluating you or judging you. You're the only one who put that pressure on yourself. What I love about that is if you can get past that first five minutes of imaginary dread, think of all the other imaginary dread that's living in your head, whether it's financial or spiritual or parents getting older or death. There's so many imaginary what ifs that are up there. And for me, getting naked is that first step to confronting all the rest of those fears. That's why, again, the old folks, they're the ones who you mostly see at the nudist places because they're the one who've come to terms with not only their body, but all of these other imaginary fears. That's great advice. I almost have a part of me, and just listening to you talk, a part of me wants to do it just because I want to get to that level. And if that doesn't work, I find an edible helps. You know, whatever. <laughs> if I didn't work in a job where I didn't get drug tested constantly, and there's no such thing as uh, medical purpose, then I would be right there with you. I would well, be right there. Well, the other option is, is you know, uh, would you recommend or absolutely not a cocktail to help somebody relax? You know, a cocktail is one thing. That's mm -hmm. fine. I really don't recommend edibles before your first naked event, <laughs> um, especially because you want to be cognizant of what's going on. You don't want to make an ass of yourself in front of other people. Uh, sure. Most yeah. people, a single cocktail, if it just takes the edge off, that's fantastic. But honestly, after the first five minutes, you're cool. Now, I often... Sometimes I'll do a naked newbie workshop. In these workshops, everybody starts out clothed. And at the half hour mark, a bell goes off and everybody has to take off a shirt. 
Okay. So you take off your shirt and then you go for the next half hour and you, you know, you munch and you have cocktails or whatever. And then when the next bell goes off, you take off, you know, pants. And most people wow. are down to either shorts or, you know, a jock strap or something at this point. And at any point during this, if somebody wants to opt out, they can opt out. I am not here to force anybody's hand. And then after 90 minutes, when that next bell goes off, it's like, okay, this is it. We're going full Monty. And normally by that point, you've gotten to know everybody else. And then there's that anticipation of seeing that big reveal that, you know, so many people are like, oh, I want to see somebody else <laughs> that they actually forget themselves that, hey, I, I'm going to be naked as well. So, wow. And do you host these in Cleveland? Um, I've done them in Cleveland. I was doing workshops here. Next month, I'm going to be in Orlando for World Bear Weekend, which is a great event. Look up worldbearweekend.com. Go Naked is going to be doing a bunch of events there, including naked yoga, naked cocktail parties, naked newbie stuff, provided that we all don't get fucked by monkeypox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're watching the reports because, you know, nobody wants to be naked and have to worry about monkeypox. So who knows what the hell's going to happen. But I am scheduled to do a couple of naked newbie workshops there for the guys who who are conscientious about how they look and want to get naked for the first time. Of course. That's great. That's great. I I wanted to go back and talk to, to you real quick about Fred Rogers. Yeah. Um, I met him. Did you? Yes, I had done a trip years ago oh. with a friend of mine, Jenny, and she was a nanny. They would go to Nantucket Island every year okay. for vacation. Of course, I've always been interested in celebrities or celebrity. Right. And so she had said, we're going to go by Mr. Rogers' house. He lives on the beach in this crooked house. And like everybody that lives on the island knows that's where he lives. Okay. She said, but he's a real recluse and nobody ever sees him. Okay. So I fly into the Nantucket airport, just a little teeny place. I flew up to Boston and then over to Nantucket. I get off the plane and I have to go over to the payphone. This is how long ago this was. Okay. And I pick up the payphone and I call her. I'm like, I'm here. And she's like, okay, take a cab to the house because uh, Dan and Kathy are out. And sitting right next to me in a chair, I'm like, God, that guy looks like Fred Rogers. And so I hung up with Jenny and I said, excuse me, are you Fred Rogers? And he stands up. And he goes, well, yes, yes, I am. And so we exchanged pleasantries. He's like, what's bringing you to Nantucket? And I said, I'm here on vacation. It's a wonderful island. You're really going to love it. The most gracious, wonderful, peaceful person. I would have dropped my teeth on the spot. <laughs> he, was, he was such a nice, you know, he was not playing a character. That's who he was on that television show. So two thoughts about that. One, the reason I loved Mr. Rogers as a child is that there was a character in the land of make-believe, Daniel Tiger. And Daniel Tiger was a sensitive tiger. And he wore this wristwatch and I identified with that stupid tiger. And he had a friend, uh, Lady Aberlin. They sang a song, a, a duet that was called Sometimes I Don't Feel Like I Fit In or something like that. And as a little gay kid, being three and four years old, because I knew I was different than other boys at that age, that just pulled at my heartstrings. And I knew that that tiger was my spirit animal. Oh, and that's cool. The other thing you should know, according to Fred Rogers' wife, he liked to swim naked. So now you know. He was wow. one of us. He's a fellow nudist, or was a fellow nudist. I'd heard somewhere that I think was that one of the other characters on the show was gay. Yes. And Mr. Rogers was a reverend, right? 
Yes. Or a pastor. Yes. And, but he, it didn't bother him. It wasn't, it wasn't important is what I had read. If that's true. Mr. Clemens was the mailman. I'm scared that I remember these names after 50 some years. Um, I think it's great. He was gay in real life and he, I think he was married and had gone through the divorce and came out to Fred Rogers that he was gay. And Fred said, you know, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, but you can't be gay on TV, which by today's lens, people are like, oh, you know, he was homophobic and everything. This is late 1960s people. Sure. Sure. So times were very different and, Way different and, you know, years later, the two of them reconciled that piece of the relationship. But, uh, yeah, Fred Rogers was a cool dude. He was such a nice man. Yeah. Like, he was a really nice guy. Yeah. Is there anything else that you needed to tell my listeners about? Oh God, Jesus. Go naked magazine.com that's kind of like ground the, the central grounds of everything from there you can find more information about the magazine there's a link out to the travels there's a link to the member map just go explore just go explore the site get yourself on the mail list there's all kinds of fun stuff that comes your way join us for coffee talk if you just want to be connected or if you're just feeling your your way into the nudist community let me know i would love to meet you and yap with you and push you in the right direction Nick, you're so authentic. I love it. I'm so glad that Chris got me in touch with you. Chris is my doll, baby. I love him. So. He's, he's great. And I can see why he talks so highly of you. Well, thank you, Mark. That's awesome. And please, listeners, make sure you check out his Vimeo because the way he talks to the camera, he's going to draw you in. It's amazing. You really are a great speaker. I just can't believe you don't rehearse. That's great. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's great. I mean, you are a natural. I just, I think you missed your calling as an actor. Uh, well, you know, I there's, I still have years in front of me. So okay, there you go. That's they, that's they might, the they might cast Cocoon too. You know, <laughs> the bucket list. Right. The bucket list. That's great. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and close this out. Uh, you've been listening to the Gay Florida Man podcast with Nick Vanello from Go Naked Magazine. Thank you, Nick, for coming on today. Thanks, Mark. You were wonderful. Thanks so much. And I end today's session with what I always say, and that is to be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. And if you're sitting in prison, you're not good at it. Good night, everybody.